BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. How are you all? How are you actually feeling today? I hope that you have all taken some time this morning to check in with yourselves, maybe go for a walk, read a book. Um, journal, anything that has just given you a moment to self-reflect and check in with yourself. This quarantine time is really, really hard on all of us, and I hope that you're taking some new time. I have no idea what day of quarantine it is, and I think that's okay, but I do know that it's week two of Call Your Friends, and I'm so excited to be continuing this series. I am really grateful to everybody that went on Instagram last week and voted in the polls that I was putting up and was very surprised and excited to see how many people loved last week's and wanted me to keep going with it. I think it's really important right now to be sharing stories like this. I think in times of uncertainty and confusion and fear, it's really important that we continue to communicate with each other in the most vulnerable ways. We are all going through something very similar. We're all in the same boat and everybody's going to have struggles, whether it's just getting up out of bed in the morning or staying motivated at home or how we're working out, what we're baking, all of those things are things that we should be sharing with each other right now to just feel some sense of community. And I'm really grateful that I could just bring this small gesture to your home and make you guys feel a part of the community and connected in some way and maybe inspired to discover something new. I've been thinking a lot about my favorite Rebecca Solnit quote, which reads, inside the word emergency is emerge. From an emergency, new things come forth. The old uncertainties are crumbling fast, but danger and possibility are sisters. I know that it feels really easy right now to probably stay in bed all day and putting clothes on or even like getting in the shower feels like some impossible feat. But what I've noticed about myself in the past two weeks, and if there's any unsolicited advice that I can give you guys, it's to create something. I don't care what it is. You can write, draw something, bake something, start a newsletter, which we just did. So please go to friendofafriend.us and subscribe. I just think that it's so important to get the thoughts that are in your head down on paper. Bring them to real life. You can even send me your idea, whatever it is, via email, and I promise I will give you my opinion. I'm here for this community in every way, and I will give you my honest opinion. I really just want to encourage you to keep going and do something. It's really what has helped me stay somewhat sane. I'm sending you all digital love and hugs from my couch to yours. Let's get the show started. My first call is to actor and entrepreneur Patrick Schwarzenegger. Patrick is currently quarantined with his mom in Los Angeles. What's going on? Hi. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Doing good. For those of you tuning in, I am here with Patrick Schwarzenegger. Patrick and I have been friends since we were kids, and I am such a massive admirer of the person that he is today. I love how you've chosen to give back through your platform and how you're a huge advocate and guide for young entrepreneurs and businesses. So I'm really excited to have you on today because I know your advice will be invaluable for everybody who is struggling right now. Oh, thank you. What an intro. Well, I I know that we've been friends for a long time, and, and like I told you, whatever that was two or three weeks ago before the world started to crumble was I also appreciate and admire what you're doing. And I always admire people that are trying to use their platforms or anything to give back and to help other people and to kind of spread optimism. So you've got a fan in me as well. Thanks. I appreciate that. So how are you feeling today specifically? Today, I feel great. I overall have felt pretty, pretty good. I'm always really interested in kind of adapting and changing, finding ways to always kind of challenge myself. So 
coronavirus has obviously been a challenge, especially to a lot of our businesses. But again, if you're not a company or a person that's willing to kind of adapt and change, then you know, you get left in the dust. So I don't love what's happening, but I love times that, that kind of challenge me as a person. But at the same time, I do know that this has been a very difficult time for a lot of people, for businesses, for people with their health, with their families, people living paycheck to paycheck. So I also understand that part of it. But me personally, I'm doing good today, right now. There's always kind of like two ways to think of every situation that, you know, things are happening to you or happening for you. A lot of people get stuck on the idea that it's happening to them and they kind of sulk in it. And, you know, when they start thinking of negative things and negative things start happening, this it affects their, their work ethic to their personal mindset to everything that's happening around them. That's why I always try to think of things that are happening for me. And how can I use this time right now as an opportunity to shift my mindset, shift my work ethic, my days, focus on things that I can finally have the time to focus on that I wasn't able to. So yeah. Yeah. I've been really inspired. I feel like now more than ever to create. And I think it took me a second to get there. In the beginning, I was feeling really defeated. And I think I was feeling overwhelmed by the news. And then as I adjusted, I guess, to quarantine, I think I feel more open and willing to be creative and put myself out there more than I have. But I think that's also because Mm -hmm. I've made an effort to structure my days a little bit more. Are you, How are you structuring your days? Are you waking up and immediately getting dressed? Is there something that's kind of helping you build structure? I couldn't recommend this more to people that are listening or, or will listen is to have structure in your day. I think that this is one of the things that's impacting people's life the most is this idea that you're staying at home now. You're working from home. Maybe you have a lack of work anything like that, you have an increased amount of uh, boredom or free time or anything, you need to have a routine. And what a routine does is it creates predictability, it creates certainty. And when you don't have that, Americans especially, and anyone in general, is they start to create a sense of fear when there's uncertainty. The first way that I always tell people to kind of biohack their mind into creating that certainty is by having a morning routine. And I'm a huge believer in it. My dad was always a big believer in it. And it, it's something that has changed my life of continuing to always wake up extremely early to work out, to then to come home, uh, get dressed as if you're going. So my, my routine right now would be wake up early still, have some coffee, do some reading, go down, work out, um, get dressed as if I'm kind of having work to do. And I don't have a suit and tie. You know, I never, that, that was never my work, but I still get dressed. I don't just do my kind of um, pajamas, but um, get dressed as if you're having work um, and create some sort of morning routine that you can do each and every day. Also, always start with a form of success in your day, whether that's to brush your teeth, whether that's to make your bed, whether that's to get ready with your suit and tie, whatever it is to trick your mind into showing that you had a form of success at the beginning of your day, then it allows you to have a different mindset as you continue out throughout it throughout the day. I'm a big advocate for that. And I, I really love that. I think it's it's made a massive difference in my career, especially getting up early. I feel like my brain works the best in the morning or when I force myself to it's wake up. So I've been loving the series that your mom and you have been doing every day on Instagram Live. Um, it's called Home Together. If you guys have not been able to check it out yet, I recommend getting on there at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, they've had people from Guy Fieri to Jennifer Garner on there um, talking about where they're at and really being home together. So it's been an amazing series and I'm so glad that you guys have been doing it. Speaking of kind of adapting and using this time as, as an opportunity, um, you know, my mom's work is always her, you know, journalism and interviewing is always person to person and, and everything is in person, I should say. And a lot of my work with meeting up with people or, you know, doing our calls or whatever that might be, is also person to person. And now that I'm living with her, we were both kind of sitting there together and we were like, we need to do something with this this time. And so we were like, okay, let's just create something called Home Together and we'll interview people each and every day that are out there that are making kind of a difference. So it's a little bit different than just a normal kind of podcast or Instagram live. Of we're not just trying to interview different quote unquote celebrities, but actual celebrities that are maybe out there that are that are utilizing this time in their platform. To make a difference. So today with Guy Fieri is like, okay, he's doing everything he can to use his platform to help people that are in the restaurant business, that have small businesses, that have employees that are being laid off. How can he help raise money, raise awareness, use kind of his strategic mind thinking to help out these small businesses or 
um, yesterday with Jennifer Gardner, you know, talking with how she's, you know, a huge philanthropist and actually going to different people's houses and, and in low income neighborhoods, kind of how she grew up and helping kids in that situation. Now she no longer can. So now she's doing this stories at home kind of a thing where she's reading stories, giving kids content to be able to still have content while they're at home, not at school. Bethany Frankel last week, who was a amazing female entrepreneur who's realized that people are price gouging the, the masks and uh, ventilators and stuff. So she used her kind of business background and mindset to find these ventilators, find these masks at cheaper pricing for the government. So people like that, that are really out there making a difference. It's been a great experience for us just to not only utilize the time that we have together and at home, but also to help spread other people's missions and to impact other people. But so you've been asking everybody on the show, how are they adapting? What are they changing? But I want to flip it on you and see how you've had to adapt yourself and your business during this time. Yeah, I would say that, I mean, I'm, I'm someone that, that goes out every single day. I don't have an office. I don't stay at home. My friends always make fun of me because I'm having 15, 20 meetings a day going around walking at different places because I can't concentrate well if I stay at home. You know, I always can come up with some excuse. So how miserable so is this was, for you? <laughs> yes. Well, it was just like, you know, I, I probably every hour or two, I'll just take a walk up and down the street or something to clear my mind. It's definitely been a, a change. I think that for our businesses, everybody's having to adapt, whether that's our Blaze Pizza and they no longer can have, you know, revenue is pretty much 80 something percent of people that are coming in the door and buying a pizza. And they've had to fully shift over to kind of the Domino's. Papa John's model of delivery, you know, creating free delivery, uh, using their staff as forms of, um, you know, bringing the food to people, doing curbside pickups, stuff like that to to shift the model. But our full goal is with Blaze Pizza, how do we continue to operate? Even if we're at a break even, that's amazing that we can keep the staff on and keep them employed. You know, with our gyms, with Rumble or Health House, obviously this is one of the worst things that could possibly happen. You thrive on people coming into the gym and having these workout classes. Okay, how do we shift that and still create the sense of community so that when this is all said and done, you know, these people are still part of your community and coming back and being active customers. So they're doing everything online, private coaching online through Zoom, doing Instagram lives three, four times a day to give people the, the ability to um, still have at-home workouts with no weights, no bands, anything like that. And then there's other companies of ours that are really, you know, weirdly thriving right now. Super Coffee is one of the examples. They're in all the markets and they're up 2x from February. Wow. So over 2x. So they're, they're doing over double the revenue that they were. And that's because people are going to the grocery stores and kind of hoarding and everything like that. So it's unfortunate, but fortunate for them. Or, or Liquid IV is doing all direct consumer and they're, you know, the CPMs, the cost to acquire customers right now online have actually dropped a significant amount in the last two weeks. So they've kind of seen that trend and now they're spending more on the direct-to-consumer ad spend. And we're also seeing about a 36% increase on usage on social medias, on Facebook and Instagram. There's more of an appetite there and it's still an essential kind of good of hydration that people need at home. So they're, they're buying that. Different businesses are navigating through this and adapting in, in different ways. You know, and that's, you, you have to have a good leader that that thinks like that and a great CEO and great CEOs lead during these times, during up times, during downtime, during weird times. But the most important thing is, you know, the CEOs aren't responsible for the results. They're responsible for kind of the culture and the people and the employees that are responsible for the results. So, you know, our main goal with all of our companies is keeping people on, keeping people hired. You know, we know that they're in, in a lot of people are paycheck to paycheck, and this is a very scary time for them. So, Anything we can do to help those kind of people and continue business on is the main goal. And I'm sure from the people that you've been interviewing on Home Together, you've heard some amazing stories of the shifts or persevering through this time. Is there a piece of advice or knowledge or a story that came through during one of those shows that felt most impactful to you? I mean, they've all been extremely just just how they're all shifting. I mean, literally from the philanthropic side to business side to personal development side, all of them are saying you can't just sit back and wait for this to end. You have to shift or you're going to get left in the dust, not only in a business sense, but your mindset and your personal development side will go back so many steps if you don't continue to push yourself. And I think that's why a routine is so great. I mean, 
the first thing that I kind of thought I had shoulder surgery like a month and a half before this. So I've been really at home for the last few months, but that was something that I personally struggled with so much of, okay, now my morning routine is pretty much gone. I'm not waking up at 5am. I don't have my workouts anymore in the morning. What am I going to do? And my first reaction was, you know what, I'll just start to sleep in a little bit. I'll sleep till seven or eight. Oh my God. Disaster. <laughs> yeah. No, but for me, that's like, you know, point is it's a trickle effect. Once you start to do that, then I started to eat really bad. Then I started to go to sleep later, watch more television, you know, little things that were affecting my life. The point of it being, I talked to my mentor who I just had a, um, we did an Instagram live. If you guys haven't like, seen that Instagram live, it's on YouTube. I watched it. It's amazing. And I highly recommend it. Oh, thank you. Of course. Um, but he was someone I messaged because I'm very open with him and we're transparent. And I said, buddy, I'm, I'm really struggling during this time in my own personal development side. You know, I'm, I'm no longer waking up early. I'm eating like shit. I'm not doing, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z towards my goals. And he was like, buddy, you're so lucky that right now you get to use your time towards something else that you didn't have the time for. You know, when we last met you, you were saying how you, you wanted to learn an incredible amount this year. You wanted to read through like 20 different books and everything, but you didn't have the time. Guess what? Now you do. So you need to continue to wake up at 5 a.m. And now you don't have that hour and a half of the workout that you usually do, but you can supplement that with an hour and a half of reading. And then boom, you're right back to your normal schedule. So it was like, for me, it was adapting to, you know, kind of shifting my, my day and, and finding ways to utilize the time with other areas that I wanted to improve myself with. And that's why when I set my goals in the beginning of the year, I always do personal development goals, occupational goals, financial goals, different kind of sectors of my own life, relationship goals, stuff like that, that, that I can always grow and impact. And with one of them being my physical side, I couldn't really move forward with. I could supplement that time with something else. So I think that's what everyone that I've learned is really doing. And during these times are always when certain business leaders come out ahead. You know, so many businesses were created during the financial crisis or multiple fi financial crises. Um, and uh, so it's the people that are kind of looking right now and seeing where's the opportunity. And they always say that necessity is kind of the mother of innovation, mm -hmm. right? So what is it right now that you can really go and, and change and start doing like you're doing here with your Zoom calls and, and you know, calling a friend and, and switching your kind of model because you can't do person to person interviews anymore or, you know, how Bethany Frankel's doing or Jennifer Gardner, et cetera. One bit that I loved from the Ed Mila interview was your mom asking how this whole virus and pandemic is forcing us to analyze our own behavior and maybe also change something about ourselves. And I wonder if there's something that you feel like is going to change after this when looking into your own character. I think tons of things are definitely going to change. Again, going back to kind of what Ed was saying was one of the things he was doing was doing kind of a six-hour workday. He just felt like that when he created a specific set of time to do the work in, he felt way more uh, productive and effective. That's something that I'll definitely, that, that I'll work towards as well, because so much of my day I spend from right early in the morning till late at night, just working, working, working. And sometimes there's a bunch of time that's not as uh, productive or effective. But I also think that tons and tons of businesses and stuff are going to shift. You know, I think that a lot of people aren't going to have as much square footage as, as stores for whether that's restaurant or offices and that Zoom is being very capable way of communicating. It's not the same as in person. I'm trying to think of how else I think I'm going to, I probably am going to learn a lot more of how I'm going to shift. It's only week three. I think that it's just really going to keep my mind on edge of always looking for the kind of opportunity. I think that during times like these, you're, you're forced to look for the opportunity. And other times when everything is going great, you're not really looking at shifting or adapting because you just think of, okay, the way that you're going right now is the best way. But I'm not really quite sure of how else I'm going to shift. We'll see. I mean, I despised reading in like high school and college. It was something I, I was always hated, you know, doing and I would skip over and everything like that. And then I had a meeting with Simon Sinek and he recommended that I did a book club. And he was like, I know you hate it, but the best way to do it is by doing what you hate. And if you create a book club, it's going to make it so that other people hold you accountable and you're going to you know, you're going to be the organizer of it. And when you show up there and you don't know the stuff in your book club, you're going to be totally embarrassed and you're going to look like a fool. So it's going to force you to do it. So literally the next day I started the book club and um, there's about 10 people in it right now. And we just kind of talk about what's kind of in the book and what we learned. And, and it gets a pretty in-depth conversation, which is great. 
and it's forced me to to read and to learn. I'm always someone that's that's shifting and changing my goals, trying to push myself. And people always say like, okay, but doesn't that make it so your goals are never like realistic or you can't really, you know, get to them and stuff. And, and what happens if you don't reach your goals? I'm totally okay with not reaching my goals. You know, I'm always someone that's like itching to get closer and closer towards them. And at the end of the year, end of the month, if I don't fully get there, I'm totally okay with that as long as I'm pushing myself to get closer and closer towards them. When you recognize that you have goals, you're basically showing yourself and telling yourself that you're not the person that you want to be. And when you recognize that you want to, I don't know, lose an inch off your waist or lose five pounds or gain 20 pounds of muscle or read more then you're, you're basically saying, okay, that version of me in the future is not where I'm at today. And I want to get better and become better. So when you create those goals, it kind of shows your subconscious that you need to kick it into another gear. So that's why I'm always kind of creating those goals and telling myself, you're not where you, where you should be. Not to say that I'm not happy with myself of where I am and everything, but it's just a way to push myself and to continue to grow. Right. You don't want to stay still. Stagnation is, what's that quote? Stagnation is the sister of death. Is that it? Maybe. Yeah, I think that's I it. Um, okay. But I love that bit. That's really great. Speaking of book clubs, is there anything you're reading right now that we should yes, be getting? I'm about to be, hopefully tomorrow or the next day, I'll be done with Principles by Ray Dalio. Awesome. Which is a doozy of a book. I mean, it's a thick, it's like for me, like 600 pages is a lot. No, it's a huge book. Um, That's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> That's not normal. And it's, he's, he's just, he's almost too smart and, and too like, I mean, he, he has so many different principles. It's like hard to really have uh, certain takeaways because he implements so many things into his, uh, his company and in his life. But one of the biggest things that I've kind of take away is like kind of the idea, basically where he values everybody in the company's uh, opinions and point of views. And he creates this crazy, crazy system in his computers where it creates algorithms for how predictable people's opinions. Are. I mean, he goes crazy of how their opinions are and what their results are of their opinions and how to value each person. Wow. Kind of, it's a little crazy, but he basically creates these baseball cards for every employee and it basically tells us what they're good at and what they're not good at and how to best pair them with someone else in the workspace or where to really value their opinion on different things. So it's not really a hierarchy, but rather... Matchmaking. Kind of, yeah, yeah, kind, kind of, of like an open-mindedness. He's really big on, on hiring and paying more for the right type of person and really having the right type of person. And that so many companies spend so much time and money on the churn of, of having to let people go and whatnot. But... I'm about to be done with that book. And then I'm not sure which book we're doing next. Last book we did was Simon Sinek's Infinite Mindset, which was really good. So yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm an avid reader. I've been trying to, that's one of my goals for this quarantine is to try to get back into reading as much as I used to. Yeah. Yeah. Reading is, it's great. I mean, it's, it's amazing what you can learn and also the yeah. conversations that can, totally. that can come from that. I think that's Another the best part. My, yeah. Little goals this year was just no, no phone at meals for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Because in the past, I'd done it where the first bit of my morning, I don't touch my phone or use it. I wish I could do that. And I started my first goal with it was the first five minutes of the day to not, which is so like, come on, no, but it's so easy. But it was, it was it like, though? I used to just wake up and grab, grab it. Right? Exactly. It and stops you yeah. from that immediate response and that immediate like need to be filled by something. Yeah. And then I progressed and got started doing it more and more. And now it was like meals was the biggest thing I would go to to dinner with like five, six of my best friends and we'd all be on our phones. I did it all the time, but I would go and I would just be like, what the hell are we doing going to dinner, all of us? And we're not even talking. Like we order, then we go on the phone and show each other what funny things on Instagram or this. And I'm like, what is this? Like, what are we, what are we doing? And I was doing it for sure. So I told my friends that, and I, and I said that as one of my goals on Instagram, because I wanted my friends and people to know that so that if I did go to dinner with them and I did go on my phone, that they could call me out and hold me responsible for it. I love how much you're using so social media it, to hold you accountable. Between that yeah, and the book right? club. I mean, why not? That's awesome. I love what you posted on Instagram the other day about checking in on your friends. That is exactly what the foundation of this series within the show is about. What has been like the most meaningful way that someone has checked in on you? People have checked in on me, people that I'm not really even friends with, people that I am friends with, people know that I am involved in a bunch of different businesses and stuff that just said like, hey, thinking of you and hey, is there anything I can do for this business or that thing? Or hey, how are you holding up during this? How's your your mood and your mindset? I would say the best thing that 
you know, to turn it the other way is like, I've felt so internally grateful of when I reach out to people and how much it impacts them. I, I reached out to actually this morning, someone that owns a flower shop in, in Beverly Hills who obviously can't operate or anything like that. And I'd reached out just to see how he was doing. And he was saying that his whole operation has been closed down. And this is the first time in his whole life. And he's in his 40s or 50s that that he hasn't been able to really work. And even during the financial crisis of 2007, 2008, you know, he was still, you know, trucking along. But this is now like he went from January being their best months ever to the next month being absolutely shut down. And he was like, I don't know what to do. And my mindset is totally all over the place. And I'm just sitting at home and I, you know, but I, I can't tell you how much it means to me that you checked in on me. Like no one has asked, how am I doing during all this time? And so many people think about themselves during kind of these, these downturns and downtimes. So I think that just how much it's impacted other people of me reaching out they absolutely love it. But every single one, one of my businesses, but of other businesses that I just know, I've reached out to people, uh, ones that I'm not involved with at all, you know, owners of other gyms, owners of drink companies. I mean, I work with so many different young entrepreneurs that take the biggest risk of their lives to dump their money and dump their full life focus into creating companies. This is a huge blow to them and a blow to the industry of wanting to to make that risk. But that's that's part of that entrepreneurial life is you just you always have to be able to, to change and adapt. But it's crazy how much a simple text or a call or an email yeah. or anything means to someone. What you're kind of doing is this, you know, a version of that, but way more in depth. But literally, this is I me prying on my friends, people. being like, "Hi, I'm checking in on you, but also come on my show." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> but seriously, I I told people that on on Instagram, just like literally a text can change like someone's so day. Meaningful. Yeah, so meaningful to to so many people. And never assume that everybody is is okay, even if they're, you know, on Instagram, they're okay and having a great time and stuff. Yeah. But that behind closed doors, people are struggling. Are there any businesses or organizations, causes that you are paying attention to particularly right now and urging your followers and your family and friends to give back to? One thing I've been urging people to do is small businesses. Yeah. You know, we had small business takeout last week, which I told people to be involved with. And we ordered food from a lot of people. Yesterday, I had two people from the, the our farmer's market drop off food because they revolved around the business of farmer's markets and stuff that with the farmer's markets closing down and people not gathering in large areas, I wanted to support them. But basically, small businesses. I've been pushing people to do that. And I've been doing that myself. I mean, that's what America kind of runs, runs on, on is, is small businesses. And those are kind of mon dream shops where people have taken the opportunity of America and the idea of the American dream to create their own business and life. Those are the people that I want to support the most. As far as giving back, the biggest thing to do is stay home. That's um, true. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. Do you feel helpless people, in that almost? I know. Yeah, I know. And we, we've talked about that on and on, on our Instagram live of like certain people. It'd be great to do financial donations to help. You know, Bethany Frankel was saying that she needs money to help buy these these masks and ventilators and stuff. But the biggest thing that everybody can contribute by doing is is really yeah. staying home and spreading that message and, you know, social distance and everything like that, because that's the best way to to really curb this curve. Yeah. That's probably what I would tell people. Pro tip, if you're not subscribed to the Friend of a Friend newsletter, you can go on our website and subscribe. But we did a feature this week on GoFundMe's business initiative. You can basically go on the website right now and type in your zip code and all of the small businesses in your area that have started GoFundMe's or need help to pay their staff, whether it's like your local market or a restaurant that you go to um, in your neighborhood, you can donate to any of them. I found it this week. It's really cool. Text me that so I can see that. I will. What are you looking forward to once this is all over, which sounds like a horrible um, question, but you know, maybe it lies in the in the territory of I reassessing really, your goals. I just am looking forward to the day that that everybody else is going to be in a better mindset and, and and okay. My heart breaks to to watch, you know, going on a bike ride down Montana Avenue and some of these small businesses saying they're going to have to close or you know eighty percent sale stuff like that. And these are people that have, like I said, spent blood, sweat, tears for the last years and years and years to open these stores and to take the risk to do it. So I can't wait to be on the day that that all these stores are back up and running and can live without as much worry. That's probably what I'm I'm most excited for. And then just to be outside. I mean, a hike. I love hikes. I love doing everything outside. I'm a big outdoorsy person. And then just to see my friends. Right? I haven't seen my it's friends in, in weeks. <laughs> 
So that's the main things that I'm focused on being excited to, to see happen again. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us all of your advice. I really appreciate it, especially during now when it's such a vulnerable and sensitive time for everybody. I really appreciate your willingness to talk to everybody who listens. Of course. Thank you so much for having me and congrats on everything you've done oh, thank thus you. far and continue to do. And I think it's great that you're like I said, changing and, and adapting and doing these kind of check-ins with people, hopefully with people that are, you know, trying to spread optimism and, and challenge people creatively. Yeah, I think it's great. Thank you. Of course. My next call is to blogger and founder of Happily Gray, Mary Lawless Lee. She's currently quarantined in Nashville with her baby girl, Navy, her husband, and their two Great Danes. I'm good. I'm so happy to see your smiling face. Oh, I know. I know. Literally, last time I saw you, I think it was that Fendi event, right? It was. And you're always, you've always got the big smile on your face. It's always very comforting, especially now. I know. How have you been? I've been okay. You know, I've been in LA, quarantined, just trying to keep structure, stay busy, stay motivated. I think obviously all of us, the first maybe week, week and a half was really challenging in terms of transitioning. And now I just think that I'm pushing myself no matter how hard it is to just keep doing something. Yeah. 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 Routine is the name of the game right now. Yeah. But so how are you? I, first off, I want to say thank you because when I originally asked you to do this, I had not seen your story about your husband having tested positive and I did not know that that was part of the situation. So I just want to say thank you for taking the time because I'm sure that home feels a little crazy right now. Yeah. No, it actually is nice to have something to kind of pull out of it. Cause I have canceled most things, but he is like asymptomatic now. What was hard was like the last six days. Like he's been asymptomatic for three days now, but prior to that is when he was sick. And that really was challenging because it was just us and we have an eight or nine month old baby. So isolating him to one of the rooms upstairs and just trying to like, make sure we like stay apart as much as we could. I think really in the last two weeks, just the stuff that's come out about COVID is actually really scary. You know, it's not just elders. It's not immunocompromised people. It's It really seems like there are younger and younger and younger healthy adults that are having serious, you know, effects from it. And so that, that was scary once he got sick, but we didn't get our test back for seven to 10 days. So we haven't known. And we found out yesterday that he tested positive he's been asymptomatic. He's over it now. You know, I think one of the other things too, that's interesting is the severity is so widespread that, you know, he, his was like a six out of 10. It wasn't as bad as the flu. So I think he, he got lucky. People are in the hospital on ventilators. So I feel like the severity is just so widespread that you never know. And that's why we all have to take it so serious. And I think it scared me more when I was working out and he came in and he's like, Hey, I'm positive. And we were, and we Skyped with the doctor and that, that almost was like kind of emotional because I just feel like there's just so many emotions going around about this and it's so insane. And, and I think in a year when we look back, we will even be able to grasp that even more. And so it's been a whirlwind, but really like we, we kind of feel like we're out of it now. And Navy, our daughter, she got tested yesterday. So, so we can see that if, if either of us have it, I'm assuming that we both do and maybe that we were just cases that presented asymptomatic. I, I, I actually hope that's the case because I do feel like then we'll know that we have immunity and, right. and, and we're not going to be so scared of like getting it, and, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm first off, I'm so glad that you guys are all okay, even though you've been feeling, your husband's been feeling a little bit sick, but I'm happy that you're on this call and in good spirits and feeling fine. I think that, you know, I was watching your story last night and I could just, I think what really is the scariest thing about all of this is the fact that there are people who are asymptomatic carriers. And I am really, I'm really thankful that you went on your story to tell that because I do think that there is so much misinformation when it comes to asymptomatic carriers and the fact that people can be, really be the ones spreading it and not knowing. So I'm really glad that you did that. That's why really all have to, the reason why I said that is we all have to take, take this serious and stay at home because you just don't know. Like I have a friend that is, that has a friend, um, she's 29 and she lost her life yesterday. Completely healthy. Like, like I was saying, severity is so widespread that you just don't know. And so that's why you just have to take it as serious as possible, you know? Yeah. It's really challenging. I, I, 
was reading an article off of Twitter the other day that really talked about how it doesn't even matter, like the term, if you're someone who's like in good health or not, especially with this Mm -hmm. virus, doesn't really matter if you have like underlying issues, like that's not the case here. And it actually might down the line be a really interesting study into overall general health of Americans and how we might not need to have underlying issues to just not be healthy people. But yeah, it's really scary. I'm really glad that you guys are okay. Are okay and thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I shared because I want to bring awareness. One, because his symptoms were very atypical for what they're saying COVID symptoms present and that I was convinced that he had a sinus infection. But I'm so thankful that we took the measures to isolate and handle it the way we did, because I actually never thought he had it. And so that's what I want people to know is like the symptoms can present so differently person to person. And I just read an article yesterday about how they're saying, depending on your blood type. I heard that too. Yeah. And, And that's what I think in a year when we have all of the data, and looking back, we're going to know why the severity was so widespread in different people. But like even just blood type thing, like how O's are significantly less, you know, vulnerable with this virus is is very interesting. Yeah. I, and I sadly do think it will be a year from now. I know I was like in bed last night, maybe had like a glass of wine in me trying to go to sleep and mm-hmm. was like reading this Twitter thread of someone that was like, I know everybody's freaking out over the fact that we've been in isolation for a month, but like, get ready. This is going to be a year. Someone responded and they got into a complete argument. The other person was like, how can you say that? Like, we're like this for a year. There's going to be riots in the street. People won't be able to work. And I was sitting there being like, both sides of this are right. And I wonder where we're going to land. I don't think we know yet. I I lean towards that this is going to be a while, but to say a year, like, I don't know. But I, but, but what I do think is it's going to look different on the other side. Definitely. I don't think we will operate the same way. I think it's going to take a while to sit down in a restaurant and not want to swat the table with Lysol or handshaking or hugging. Like, I feel like the, the other side economically and then just like human to human is going to look a lot different. Yeah. On that note, um, I recently discovered on your Instagram that you were a resident nurse for six years, which I had no idea. And I think probably can provide some really valuable insight, but also empathy for people during this time. And I'm curious from the lens of that, what you think like a cultural norm will be that won't exist after this. I haven't nursed in five years. Basically when I started Happily Gray as a kind of a candid outlet, it, it evolved and but I, I worked in critical care for six years like wow. with like you know six sick patients and I've spoken with a lot of nurses that I used to work with at Vanderbilt and Memorial Hermann in the Texas Medical Center and it truly is like that's what has like brought it home for me and resonate in a way that's really real is hearing their stories like the nurses and doctors are quarantining to their garage they're really not seeing their families they're working in conditions that are like third world and really extraordinary. So that really like brought it home to me. But I hope one of the biggest things I hope what comes from this is that we're more prepared and we know and our government knows how to handle these things on the other side. Because I don't think it's a matter of if this will happen again, it's when. I just hope there's a totally different approach because that's what makes me most, I've had the hardest time accepting that our healthcare workers are in the front lines and they don't have what they need to protect themselves. And it's already scary as a healthcare worker being in that position in critical care, even though they would never admit it and that they're such heroes, but like to not have what you need to really do your job is, is really scary, especially when you think about they're going home to their families and the odds of infecting their families and yeah, so I, I hope that we can learn from this and, and, and be better prepared for when it, it arrives again. Yeah, I think what's been most troubling to me through this whole thing has been, one, the extremely disappointing amount of like misinformation going around. If you turn on like 10 different news channels, it's like different news stories um, with totally conflicting facts, but also just the inability to like, if I feel sick right now, I can't get a test. And Mm -hmm. you were really open about that on Instagram. And I'd love to just hear what your experience was getting a test, because I think that there is so much misinformation right now. I think people are worried about that. And I think that that's probably like the peak issue, in my opinion, right now. Yeah, no, testing was challenging. And so Mad, we first were trying to get Mad tested nine days ago. It was the first day that he felt sick. And he also was running fever. So his symptoms were like very severe 
nasal and sinus head congestion, a sore throat, and a low-grade fever, fatigue, and body aches. And Which so, sounds like the normal cold, unfortunately. Yeah, there wasn't, like he didn't have the cough. Like it was not how they're saying COVID um, typically presents. And But when he started running a fever, that's when I was like, uh, no. Cause, because he's healthy, he's young. And typically when you have a cold, like you don't generally run fever. And so we called, we called multiple hospitals. And I don't want to like... I hate even naming the hospitals because it's, I don't believe it's their fault. It's more of a, it's a bigger issue as like how it's a healthcare issue. We have a massive issue. And I think that that's really exposed us. I think that coronavirus has totally exposed that. Yeah. And that is in a way that is good because hopefully we'll prepare for this. And on the other side, we'll, we'll be in a lot better situation, but we called two hospitals we couldn't even, we went through a screening. We couldn't even get a call back from one of them. And then the other one was like, we're not testing you. And then this, I kind of was like processing it. And, and like the nurse in me, like, and Matt and I weren't together at this point. He was already isolating to upstairs. And I kept like for the next four hours, like processing. I was like, no, he has to get tested. Like we have a child like this. Of course. About this virus. And so I kept calling clinics and I called a clinic in West Nashville. It was like a tri-star clinic. And they, I made him go through the screening and they agreed to test him. And so he drove to the testing site. He didn't have to get out of his car. Great. It, it wasn't a drive-through, but it was like you pull up and they come and swab your nose. And But the thing is, like what I was saying, he had to wait seven days. Um, and so- Like that seven-day incubation period, like some people might think that they don't have it and go out. Oh yeah, no. And, and there were definitely moments that he got frustrated because think about it someone in a room for seven days. I mean, and it, it, it's one of our rooms upstairs. There's like a bathroom, but there, there wasn't a TV in the room because we don't put a lot of TVs in our bedrooms. And on the fourth day, I was like, do you want me to go buy a TV? <laughs> like, do we, because it, I mean, think about that many days in the bedroom. And, and anytime he did leave the bedroom to go for like a walk in our backyard, like not even outside of that, but he wore a mask the whole time. And then I had myself and the baby, like we followed it as closely as like humanly possible that we could. And it was still really hard. And on the, the, the second day that he was asymptomatic, he was like, I'm not doing this anymore. He's like, I, I can't. And, and that was the day that he finally like came out, but he still is wearing a mask and gloves. And I, I just told him, I was like, let's do that for till like four or five days. So you're asymptomatic just because we don't know. And there are babies in Nashville that have the virus. And generally I think that if the symptoms are presenting really mildly with kids, but I just feel like there's just so many unknowns that I don't want to take any risk. Right. So yeah, the testing was really disappointing. And I'll say, uh, so yesterday Navy and I went and got tested and we already within a six day period, you can get results within 72 hours now. So it truly is just like them having the resources and the right labs to be able to, to be able to, you know, run these tests at the capacity that they need to be. And so there it's, there already is improvements and will probably only continue, but we were just too slow. I've gotten some back about like him getting a test. And I just don't understand that because I believe that's how we will know because, because you can spread this asymptomatically. I believe that we have testing and it's readily available. And we will know even if someone is asymptomatic, if they're spreading it. And that's the only way we're going to stop spreading it. And so I'm a big proponent of like, let's test. I totally feel for you right now. And so many people, I think that their lives have obviously been uprooted and, and dramatically changed. You've got two amazing dogs. You have your husband who's not feeling good. You have an eight-month-old Navy who's the cutest baby in the whole world. And I'd love to just hear what life at home has been like since you've had to go into quarantine. And maybe specifically if you have any tips for new mothers that are under quarantine. Um, Well, I mean, we we took it pretty serious. I was like taking Mills up to Matt's room and I would just knock and leave him at the door. And I, I did have help in the sense of like, I ordered all my groceries online. They were delivered to the door. I wiped them down and I had them deliver like after maybe had gone to bed because the process of trying to have a baby up and then all these groceries come because now you have to like wipe all your groceries down. I wipe everything down. I went from like being that like, try to be really healthy, organic, no Lysol wipes person. I am literally wiping down my produce (laughs) with Lysol wipes. Like, who am I? You sound like my, my sister is the most like hippie, organic, like, and she's like, I can't. Nope. Nope. Like everything's out the window right now for me. You have to you have to be able to kill whatever's living on the surfaces, and now bringing in groceries in your house is like a two hour process of wiping everything down. Because we totally 
once a week until we buy a lot in bulk. And so I, I learned to order them once Navy goes to bed. Yeah, so that's really helped ordering online. And, and I just think routine. I, I had to cancel work stuff, like anything you could have seen, anything that wasn't like, like priority, I just canceled and let it go. And I think too, like when this first all happened, I was like, okay, gotta be productive, gotta go, 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 do, do, do. And I operate that way. That's how I'm programmed. But I do think there has to be a balance to it. And that's what I came to terms with when this hit, because I didn't have control anymore. And my priorities became like making sure Matt stayed in that room. Totally. Taking care of Navy. Then I just kind of had to like accept that and let that go and know that these are extreme times. This is extraordinary. It's also temporary. The neighbor's dog is barking at my dogs. I actually, I, this morning I interviewed somebody else for an episode and their daughter was running around the room. And honestly, like, I don't even care if it disrupts these episodes. I, the nothing is bringing me like more joy and happiness right now than interviewing people and hearing their lives in their homes, like hearing the dogs and the kids and like their life. Like it can't be that serious right now. Like this is the situation of everybody. And like, that's, what's real. I know it's true. Like, I don't know. I love it. (laughs) It's so corny, but I love it. Every conference call I've been on, it's been like, moms juggling their kids. Yes. And like, that's the reality of it. Mm -hmm. One of my friends who I talk to regularly and she's so knowledgeable, she was just like, really right now, you just have to let yourself feel and like, Mm -hmm. don't really try it. Like let everything else just kind of like, don't set the high expectations. Just let yourself like feel and process what's happening because this is truly extraordinary and it's hard to even put it in perspective. And I think we will be able to in a year, but Try to give yourself as much grace and your family is your biggest priority. And really that's when this happened, that's everything kind of like went to the sideline. I really like trying to give yourself as much grace. I like that a lot. I think that's super important. I think you should feel how you need to feel and like embrace the waves of, because this is going to be a long time. Literally my days are like a roller coaster. Yep. I I do think there's a, there's a, a side of grief to this. When I hundred percent. And it's not even just like the numbers in the human lives. Obviously, that's the most important. But it is like the lives that we have all left too, and the normalcy and the routine, which I mean, we thrive on that. And I think that we all just feel discombobulated. And when she shared that with me, just let yourself feel and let yourself be. It was like, oh my god, she's totally right. Like the productivity. Like I was the one that made lists that I was going to get to this closet, that closet, this room, like, and. And I think that while that stuff is good and routine is good, there has to be like that give, you know? Totally. Couldn't agree more. Is there any way that you feel like has been most successful for you in terms of finding some routine at home? This has helped me feel so much better. I get up and I make my bed every morning, which I know that seems so small. And I like, my husband is laughing because we, we now like FaceTime. It's like so funny. We're FaceTiming and he's upstairs and I'm downstairs and he's been sleeping upstairs, obviously. And he still is. And he's like, you find so much joy. He's like, you make the bed and you never made the bed. Like, why are you making the bed now? And I'm like, it kickstarts my day. It makes me feel like fresh when I walk in my room. And so definitely, that's made me feel a lot better. And we started doing puzzles. So Matt has a puzzle in his room and I I am in the living room obsessed with puzzles. I, and it's such a lost art. I did. It's a lost art. Let me tell you, if you need to like get lost in a couple hours and like completely forget about the reality you're in, start a puzzle. Right. Last night I had one, uh, the wedding bride, and then a puzzle. I was watching a movie wine and the puzzle. And I, I just would have never been doing that if we weren't in this situation. And so I'm trying to focus on like these arts. This is time that I would have never spent with my family and it's a good time to reflect and, and do things like Matt pulled out my adult coloring books. Do you, ha- do you know what I'm talking about? Like No, the- but I love that you're saying this because I Amazoned them the other day and was like, do I buy these? Don't buy these. Do I buy yeah. these? Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you do right now. Yeah. Like I honestly tried to buy paint by numbers the other day. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. I bought the adult coloring books like this one over Paris like four years ago for like an international flight and I'm like never touched it ever. So I'm actually doing it now. And there's something really therapeutic about that. Like for sure. I think, I think it's kind of finding those lost arts. Like I was talking to Jonathan Simkai, him and I were supposed to do a live cooking yesterday. It was like an hour before we were supposed to go live. I found out the results of Matt's test. 
And so then I just wasn't in the right mindset for it. But he was telling me that cooking is his outlet right now. Like he's just really, really enjoyed being able to have the time to cook. So that's another good one. You and I have similar jobs. I haven't spent that much time at home. And yeah. I, my boyfriend and I moved into, into this new apartment in January. So it's been nice to spend the time and like break the house in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Is your, is your family all well and healthy? Everyone's healthy. Thank God. We like right when this all started, all went into lockdown separately. Didn't even feel comfortable to like be mixing with each other. So um, my dad's here. My mom's here. All my siblings are in good health. Thank God. That's a, that's that's amazing. That's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so I'm, I'm super grateful for that. And I'm just channeling my energy towards that. Mm-hmm. Another thing I love that you've been doing that I saw this morning is you're doing small business Fridays. Yeah, yeah. We've we've always done Friday fives, but it's more it's been more fashion focused. And I guess it's been three weeks ago. We just we stopped that and now we're doing small business. I mean, coming from someone that is a small business owner, I know yeah. hurting. And we actually so we opened a store in January. And we're in this, like, it's kind of like a Ch- the Chelsea market of Nashville. But we're in this mall with all of these other small businesses. And we've been in this group text. And it's it's amazing that we're in it together. And there's, like, such a camaraderie about that. But it's also scary as hell. And um, that's honestly what triggered the idea. And then my agent, no, you should you should totally dedicate. Just dedicate them all to, to small business. And so we've been doing it. And we've gotten a better reaction since we did that than even before when we were just doing like regular fashion stuff. So that's been really cool. Yeah. It's been really amazing to see how many people, one, are using their platforms to give back, but not even like, I hate the term give back to me feels too broad. It's just been so cool to see how people are giving back in their own way. Whether Mm -hmm. it's like, I have a friend like Colt Gaia, for example, like they're having people wear Colt Gaia and dance in their house and everybody who dances on Instagram, they're giving money back. It's just it's amazing to see how creative people are getting um, with the means that they have right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We started this program called Help Heroes at Home. I saw it is so phenomenal. And I saw you guys almost raised close to like $10,000, right? Yeah, we're up to 12 now. It's insane. And I mean, and that's, that's, that is my readers and what I was about to Also, I'm, I'm sorry, I totally interrupted you. You can tell people what it's called and what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's called Help Heroes at Home. And my team who started it, I give them all the credit, but I like told them, I was like, we have to do something coming from the medical community and having nurses as good friends. And in my family, like we've got to figure out a way to support them. And so it's, um, it's a organization that we are giving all of the, uh, we're buying gift cards for nurses through local restaurant businesses. So it's a way that we can give back to nurses, but supporting local restaurants. And truly, like ultimately what I would want to do is get nurses and doctors PPE. We've been down that route. It, it's hard. I, like, again, I think that is almost a government thing. I'm not saying that there's not anything more granular that we can do, but with the magnitude of what they need, we need, it, it's, it, it, does, it is more of a government so we're raising money in order to give give back and support local businesses. And we raised 12K and that those funds released next week. And we are supporting a hospital here in Nashville and then also a hospital in Queens. That's amazing. So we just want to raise more money. And I am talking to a few factories that I think can make PPE. So we'll see. But ultimately, that would be the number one goal. Yeah, especially I think so many people in the fashion industry are utilizing their resources to find PPE and be able to shift like whatever their factories are building over to that. So it's really amazing to see you jump in on that too. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's it's a hard time to give because people don't have the capability to give. Like it's there's so many uncertainties, and that's that was like I'm so thankful that like my readers did give because I know it's not an easy time to give. Yeah. all hurting and like I keep telling my team like it's all about supporting each other like we have to support each other and we have to meet in the middle so you know we we're in kind of a bind right now with like all of our so our store we have home goods and um and, and clothes and accessories all that and we have all of these orders placed for spring and summer that we know we're not going to be probably open till July or August and so it's like what do we do with all these orders and just trying to figure out a way to meet in the middle to still support those companies and also like, you know, cutting back some. So it's just, it's been a try, a trying time, but I feel like the name of the game is being able to like meet in the middle and support each other to try yeah. to keep everyone. Because at the end of the day, we have, to, we have to do that, you know, totally in order for us 
us to survive. As a small business owner, and maybe particularly in the fashion space, is there a piece of advice that you have for other small business owners in terms of how to transition during this really difficult time? Objectively, like we are, we've applied for the SBA loan. Um, we're, we're, we are trying to, you know, a- apply for the loans that the government is making available for small business. And we have cut back on all costs that we can. Um, so like any non-essential costs that we can. Um, and then I kind of made a list outlined it with my team. I have a team of four people all based in Nashville. And, you know, I think I, and, and, and then past really that it's like supporting, supporting each other. And we reached totally. like a campaign that we just worked on with fry um, boots. Like in the way the influencer influencer world works is like we get paid for promoting and, and which, you know, this like we have similar jobs. So we get paid to take, to do campaigns for brands and create content for them. And um, like for our company was able to engage with us and for, and just to be transparent for a very, very, very lower rate than normal. But um, they matched that and we did half of those proceeds went back to a food bank. And, and, and like that was a way that they were supporting our small business. But then also we were, they were doubling that and giving it back to the food banks. I feel like it's all about giving, like supporting each other, kind of meeting, meeting each other halfway. I super appreciate you being transparent with that story. I think that there's a lot of unknown when it comes to how to be working with people in a business sense right now. And I think that the method that Fry used is really incredible because it's hard. It's, I think from an influencer perspective, it's like, should we still be doing these partnerships? How can we support the brands and not take money away from them when they could potentially need it to survive right now? So it's challenging. And I appreciate you being transparent about that. We sent a massive email to all of our partners saying like, hey, if there's anything that we can support you on, please send product our way and we will like, we'll post some support. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like, I feel like we have to do that. Like in order, yes. in order for us to get back to the normal, we all have to support each other and hope that we all can get through it. In yeah. A way. And that's really what's inspired the, the Friday Five. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. I love that you sent those emails too. I think that's a really good tip for people that are still trying to figure out how to um, engage in their workplace right now. I think that also really relates to just the idea of like checking in with people and, your, you know, your friends, your family, brands that you work with, companies that are your partners, clients, whatever it is. And that, again, is just so much of what I'm trying to accomplish with this series within the show, which is just trying to get people to really reach out to the people in their lives and see how they can help. And um I think it's so impactful what you did reaching out to other people, but is there a certain way that somebody's reached out to you that has felt really meaningful? One example that I think is most powerful is talking to, I've talked to a lot of old nursing friends that are in the ICU. They're working with patients directly with COVID. They're renting a house with other nurses so they don't go back to their home and affect their kids. And they have said, everyone's like, how can we help? How can we help medical professionals? But like one of the biggest ways is sending them notes text, emails, calls, and just saying like, are you okay? And I think like being a listener, like you don't have to call and talk, being there and letting them vent and hearing and hearing your experience. Even just coming from someone that worked in critical care, that was, I, I worked the night shift and I get off at 8 a.m. And, and you just never know what's going to come your way. I mean, you see people lose their lives, you see people succeed and get out and all of it is so emotionally draining. And at the end of that shift, you need to release. I found it through running and journaling, but I always appreciated when there was a call at the other end, you know? And yeah. so I think that's really big, supporting them by, by just calling and listening, not talking. Yeah. I am not a mother, but I have been thinking about this a lot in terms of the way that we are going to shape this with the next generation. And I wonder if you have thought about, or if you have any advice for moms as to how they're going to maybe explain this to their art, their kids moving forward? I think that, you know, for me, it's, this has been such a reset in the normal things that we take for granted. And as humans, I feel like you almost have to have something like that that forces you to reset and appreciate because we are so like, go, 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 go. Like, when I reflect back on this and, and, and share this with my kids and like when she's 10 and I'm talking, talking to her and telling her like, this is what happened when you were such a baby, like, and then your dad and like telling her the stories, like, I feel like I'm going to talk about how it, it made me come back to the basics and back to like the core of really yeah. what matters most. 
and it is our health and it is community and family. And, and that's, I think what we're all realizing is that's what makes us the most happy. Like being able to connect and have community. And right now we, we can't have that. It's, I think that that's what I'm going to tell her is don't take for granted the community and, um, and, and how much we, we, you know, appreciate that. Like that is like what gives us life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. So how can we get involved with Help Heroes at Home? Another round of socials and it's set up as a GoFundMe. So if you just my account, it's Mary Lawless Lee and it also posts on Happily Gray, but we just do swipe ups and, and we also share like exactly where the money's going. So on Monday, I'm getting ready to share exactly where, what hospitals we're giving this money to and what we're doing with the money. But Amazing. We're trying to kind of check two boxes by supporting local businesses and also giving back to our healthcare workers. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I I think that's the way to do it. If you can't find PPE and that's a lot, that's a challenge in and of itself. It's like, how can we invigorate like our community and keep it going? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. What's the first thing you're going to do when this is out and you're able to go outside? <laughs> I'm going to get my nails done. I, yes, woman after my own heart. <laughs> I didn't, so that's one thing I didn't appreciate before, how good it makes me feel to have my nails done. And I have taken that for granted and now I never will. And um, that's, yeah, nails and toes, probably the first thing I'm going to (laughs) do. I so appreciate you coming on today and talking to us, especially at such a vulnerable time. And I hope that this provides people with a lot of information that they need. And thank you again. Definitely. No, I'm so happy. I think the more we can share and the more we can be open, the better. Yeah. For sure. I agree. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.